welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Well, welcome Rabbitohs members and supporters to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the next game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name's Jeremy Monaghan. I'm the media manager here at the Rabbitohs. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts in Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato, how are you this morning, gentlemen? Very good, Jez. Once again, great to be a Rabbitoh after the performance on the weekend. The first half was very good, Ello. Yeah, we got the two points, Jeremy. That's what's important <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah, we need improvement there, obviously, but um, the, way, the way the boys played in the first half, uh, you know, during this origin period, picking up the two points along the way is crucial. And uh, this Friday night against the Cowboys is just as crucial as any week to make sure we snap up those two points and keep us up in that third position or maybe go forward one. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing some of these young guys get another shot at first grade and uh, see how they go in starting positions. And how are you uh, today, Shannon? I'm very well. Thank you, Jez. Really looking forward to today's show. Um, good friend of mine joining in, bit of backup. So if Velo starts bashing me up as per usual... I'm hoping someone's got my back. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and speaking, We're going to see how good a friend he is today. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of our special guest, of course, as we do with all our guests, we have some special introduction music as we uh, bring them into the show. He's one of Australia's finest actors, one of Australia's greatest TV presenters, and, of course, one of the familiar faces for all of our young listeners and viewers on Play School. It is the great Luke Carroll. Round of applause, everyone. Hey. <laughs> Hello, gents. How are we all? We're very good, well, mate. mate. Very good. Good to have you on board. Nah, good to be here and watch uh, good after victory over the weekend. So, happy days. And of course, you're a, a, ra- a mad Rabbitohs uh, man, Luke. You must be uh, happy with how the season's going. Yeah, I am, mate. I bleed red and green. Um, have since I was born, and uh, very, very happy with the lads. Um, you know, we're sitting pretty in third now. We've jumped the eels over the weekend, so that's great. And uh, with a great victory, a shame with COVID restrictions, we couldn't be out there at Leichhardt at Chirimon. I think it would, it would have been a full house. And I think it's been a, 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 close to ten years or so that we haven't we haven't played the Tigers at Leichhardt. So it would have been awesome to get down the hill and and watch the boys go around. But um, yeah, watch it from home and. Um, great victory, but yeah, look, we're very, very, very happy with how we're how we're travelling this year. Very good. Well, let's get um, stuck into our our show. Our first segment is always something that we've learnt this week, and Shannon, we'll kick off with you on that one. Alrighty, Jez. I was thinking about uh, Wayne's comments after the after the match, and just talking about you know the divide in in scores and the divide in clubs. You know, there's certainly a top half of the competition and a and a big gulf between the the second half of the competition. And and fortunately, we're you know we're in the top half of the competition and we're a stronger club. So I was just thinking about how far we've come and how strong and resilient we are as a club. Fortunately, we're in that top half, as I said. Um, 
and I was thinking about how far we've come because I was thinking it's it's twenty years since we've we've won the uh, this week. It's twenty years since we won the court battle over News Corp, and what an effort that was to take on one of the biggest companies in the in the world and fight our way back into the competition. But that was that was a massive battle and showed how strong and resilient we were just there. But then on top of that, we virtually had to start again. We were at the bottom of the heap. We had to recruit players very late in the day. And we've built ourselves now into one of the, if not the strongest clubs in the game. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, any of the metrics that you might use to measure the strength of a, a club, you know, on the field, you know, we've been one game away from the grand final consistently now in the last three years and, and well on track to do better than that this year. We've got the best coach in the history of the game. We've attracted him and behind him, we've got coming the best young coach in the game with uh, the most well-credentialed young coach coming through. And then in terms of the roster, you know, we've got some of the best young players in the game. In, in Latrell, you saw what he did in Origin and Cameron Murray and Damien Cook and a plethora of juniors coming through. And, and then off the field, you know, we've got the most members, we've got the biggest merchandise program, you know, the high, highest digital engagement and traffic in the, in the game and highest ratings and, and multinational sponsors. And building from where we were to where we are now, you know, it just, it just reminded me of how strong and resilient as a club and how how far we've come. And to back to Wayne's point again, I'm glad we're in the top half and I'm glad we're a real run club and very proud of where we are 20 years on from the fight back. Geez, you learn a lot this week. <laughs> I, couldn't mention the, I couldn't go without mentioning the 20 years since the win for, for, for the fight back. Absolutely, a very important, uh, very important day. Uh, yesterday, we're recording here on Wednesday morning. Very important day in the history of the club. Yesterday, twenty years since that um, great win, and we've got to be thankful to people like George Piggins and Nick Pappas and Group Fourteen and everybody that led that charge alongside thousands of volunteers and supporters that all played their part in in getting this club back into the competition and thriving, as you've said today. Indeed, and 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 all the members who are still keeping our club strong and thriving today are members of the lifeblood of the club. And we've got, as I said, great multinational sponsors. We're just so fortunate to have such a, a passionate Rabbitohs family behind us. Absolutely. Hello, what did you learn this week? Yeah, just tipping off from uh, where Shannon was, just talking about Henry Morris's involvement in uh, in that as well. And it's funny, last night Henry sent a, a video out um, just going through the whole, you know, process of how we got back in the comp and it was you know, to the tunes of the you know, South Sydney with glory in their eyes and it's uh, quite a touching video and I'm sure he sent it out to everyone last night which was which was great and uh, 20 years on my goodness how, how, how quick time flies but you know um, when we go back over that 20 years you know that the previous 80 odd years there's been some magnificent performances within the club and people involved in the club and it's uh, there's been no different in the, in the last 20 years. Either the people being involved and get us back to where we are has been fantastic. And we, we take our caps off to all of them and to the members and the players, coaches, administrators have been involved. They've all played their part to put us where we are today. And, and as Shannon said, yeah, we, we're going very well. We've just got a couple of little things we need to tweak on the football field and we'll be back to that club we, we really want to be. So um, I was just finishing on from there, Shannon, and... Uh, well researched today, mate. Obviously, trying to impress Luke being on the show. So, well done, mate. Good start. <laughs> Luke, no, that's the first time ever I've done my homework. So, 
Oh, no, he does his homework. No, I'll, I'll get a story later on about homework and Shannon. So, yeah. Oh, yes. I'll keep, I'll keep up my what, sleeve. This is yeah. what I want to hear. I think you had to do it for him, Luke. That's what I put it And so it begins. Over to you, Luke. What's something you've learned oh, this week? Oh, sorry. Excuse me, oh. Jerry. Sorry. I was just backing up what Shannon said. Oh. Uh, sorry, Luke, for cutting in. Now, right. the, the thing I've learned this week is what a great Australian and sportswoman that Ash Barty is. I mean, she's come come on the way she's playing at Wimbledon and the way she's been away from home apparently for about six or seven months now, mm. uh, out on the road in quarantine to go through all the tournaments. Uh, that was quite amusing the other day, a, a post-game uh, speech when she spoke about how great it was having the Aussies in the crowd rather than listening to the, the hoity-toity English drink and their <laughs> champagne and their, their strawberries and cream, you know what I mean? I think Ash... As she's probably more a Galo's pie and VB girl myself, and I think that's what's great that typifies her as an Australian. Even and, a young um, Henry's, uh, Ella. So young Henry, sorry. <laughs> right, sorry. Oh, dear me, dear me. But um, no. Uh, get food poisoning drinking that VB. <laughs> Says the bloke with the green background. <laughs> no, but that's... Um, yeah, it's been a long time since Australian tennis has had such a good role model, I think. And uh, let's hope she takes it all the way and wins, wins the title uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Luke, what have you learnt this week? Yeah, uh, not to put a bit of a damper on the situation but uh, or the conversation, but, yeah, um, breaking COVID rules and restrictions and breaking that bubble. It's, um, you know, the ramifications that can can be had from doing that. You know, we've seen with Paul Vaughan losing his contract and... Um, you know, and the massive fine he received as well, as well as the other St. George players. But it's, it goes to show that, you know, you know, the bubble that you, you know, the footballers are in is very strict and should be adhered to. And um, there are massive, massive penalties for it. And, um, you know, I do feel for him a bit. You know, um, he, yeah, he's got a family and a mortgage to pay, but, um, you know, he knew the rules and the players knew the rules. And it's just a, a shame that, um, you know, it's, it's gotten out there and, and the boys did that. But, um, yeah, it's just good. And also, you know, there's a lot more at stake than just, you know, breaking that little bubble. You know, the game itself is under strict conditions. And, you know, we all love watching it. As a fan, I love watching the game. And I'm glad it's it's still being played um, for our own peace of mind. You know, I look forward to Thursday night through to Sunday Arvo watching each game and um, giving me a bit of a, a break during this lockdown period. And mm. uh, as I did last year as well, uh, when we went through it. So, um, yeah, I learned that, you know, you break those rules, it's a, it's a big, big, big price to pay. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right, mate. I'm, I'm of the same the same with my one. You can't put brains in statues. I just don't know what these blokes were were thinking and there's not much more else that can be said. They have copped a, a whack, but um, they talked about a $50,000 fine for Paul Vaughan, but I was uh, watching the TV last night and they said with the cancellation of his contract what he's going to lose, it'll be close to a million dollars. So that's an expensive barbecue sausage as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's, it's almost as expensive as the sausages Shannon buys for his backyard barbecues in Vaucluse. So. <laughs> it's not so much the cost of it. just when you buy them in bulk, it gets really expensive. The other thing I've learned um, this week, I just wanted to give a shout-out to one of our legends in Bobby McCarthy. He's back home. He recently had some uh, neck surgery. We're looking forward to seeing him back out at training and the, the footy soon when this... Um, when this lockdown lifts, but off the back of what you were saying, Luke, it is um, this lockdown stuff is so much bigger than just footballers having a, a barbecue. Where 
we're reading in the papers this morning, as I said, we're recording on Wednesday morning, the, the lockdown's going to get extended for another week. It means that kids at school are going to be homeschooled. It's such a big change of lifestyle for a lot of people. It's It'll affect uh, my family for the first time, really, because my daughter was in daycare last year. Now she's in school this year, so it'll be different for, for her having to do her schooling from home for at least a week. And I just hope that some of these footballers think about that sort of stuff. And last night on the TV, one of our, our veteran players in Benji Marshall spoke so well about the effect that these decisions that, that those players at the Dragons made, the effect that it's that it has, you wouldn't be surprised if um, if the Premier Gladys Berejiklian came out this morning and said because of their actions, everyone's in lockdown for another week. How you'd hope that they feel some sort of remorse for their actions. Yes, hopefully. Yeah, I'm currently in rehearsals for a theatre show, and uh, we're hanging on by a thread just to be in the rehearsal room at the moment. So I'm very lucky in that regard. And but, you know, that doesn't only affect the players. It also affects, you know, the support staff of each each and every club. Um, you know, uh, everyone working within each club. And, yeah, it's got to be strict when it comes to that. And um, hopefully the boys learn. And the rest of the players see that and learn as well. Yeah. Sorry to bring the tone of that down, boys. Happy reinstatement yeah. week for last week. Never <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, sorry. It was a great moment in our club's history. And to see where we've come from the last 20 years, it's, it's quite phenomenal. And... There's a lot of talk about uh, Wayne sort of brought it up on the weekend about the way some clubs are run and how it affects their their rosters and how it affects their performances. And, and I guess it shows with us that you can turn these things around. You can turn it around if you've got the right people in place that that all want to work for the, the right reason, that are that are there to try and find success on and off the field and aren't there for their own own purposes. And that's the feeling that's been at the Rabbitohs for a long time now and it, it resulted in the ultimate success in 2014. It's got that feeling again this year. Yeah, you're right, Jez. And I think that's it's all about you, you hit the nail on the head when you said people that it's, it's about the club and not about themselves. And, uh, and I think... I think that's true of what we're just talking about there with the you know, the Dragons players. I mean, it wasn't just Paul Vaughan. It was a few. I, mean, I don't want to bag them. I know the, the players are under pressure like all other. But, but you know, people are under pressure, the, the people that own a cafe or, or a shop that's been closed down for three weeks with no income as well, they're under a lot of pressure too. And they're, they're abiding by the rules. But the thing is, it's, it's not just doing it for yourself. It's just doing it for the cause. And that's what South Sydney's been all about for a long, long time. It's the cause, it's the club, and I often talk about the mystique of the Rabbitohs. I mean, you go anywhere else and you come back in the Rabbitohs and you feel that it's hard to explain what it is, but there's a certain element that the Rabbitoh has through, through its tradition um, and through its culture that is just sort of spellbinding and, and just, uh, you know, it just grabs you. It's infectious. And, and that's what the Rabbitohs are. And that, I think that's because the people involved aren't just doing it for themselves. Mm. They're doing it for all those people out there that have struggled, you know, through we're a working-class club. A lot of people have struggled through their lives. Um, and, but that's what it is. It's people doing it for not just themselves, but for the players, for the supporters, for the sponsors, for the members, for everyone. And once you've got that happening, it's a pretty powerful tool. And um, I think that's one of the biggest things we've always had going for us is that the majority of the time in our club, we've had people doing that. Yep. 
Absolutely. Well, let's get on to our first top four topic of the morning, and it's the top four of our special guest, Luke Carroll. And Chica, can you tell us four things that Rabbitohs listeners may not know about you? Uh, the first would be I'm a proud father. I'm a father to two two young boys, uh, Marley and Enzo, and they're my pride and joy, and I love them to bits. Uh, another one, just I... Just the two, Chica. Just the two? Just... Just a two, yeah, mate. <laughs> Are they both proud rabbitos? I hope they're both they, proud rabbitos. All right, so this is a story. So Marley, my oldest boy, yes, yes, bleeds red and green like myself. My little Philanzo was up until this year a, a rabbitos man, rabbitos boy. But um, his favorite, uh, he's seven years of age, and his favorite animal is a tiger. So he um, uh. he's gone to the dark side, and hopefully after last weekend's. Um, uh, game, he can go back to the rabbit. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. Luke. I don't think it'll be long. We'll get him back. After last so, week's game, his favourite more might be pussy cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's so, his so, favourite. His dad's favourite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet game on here. <laughs> um, second thing, I'm a South Sydney junior. I uh, played. Um, on, Majority of my younger career, um, I played up until I was 21, just a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> um, started with the Zetler Magpies as in nappy grade years ago, and then I went to Ref and All Blacks for a year. Had a few years with, at the Warmaloo Warriors. That's where I grew up with the Shannon, down in Warmaloo, in the Eastern Suburbs comp. Oh. And then um, came back to, to the South Sydney comp, played for Carrington Cougars, uh, Alexandria Rovers, oh, a bit of a journeyman. Um, then back to the Zetland, we won a few premierships in a row, played with the likes of Willie Peters, Lee Hookie, um, we played against Craig Wing. Uh, it was great, great times at the old Ref and Oval winning those grand finals. And I finished up in uh, with uh, Moorpark Magpies, the under-21s. And then that's when I finished up. And, um, yeah. What position uh, so did you play? I uh, started at halfback, a uh, fullback. Then I went to halfback. Then I ended up back at fullback. Yeah, Very good. So, um, yeah, loved it. Loved it. I used to wear the tape through me. Afro I used to have an afro and used to have the tape through my head. So it was good. Okay. Tell us, how, how'd you get the nickname Chica? All right. So, um, good, good question. So, um, my nickname Chica, it's, um, it's my old man's nickname, uh, Chica Homer, Charles Homer. And um, as a youngster, I had a cousin, uh, Sam Hookie. Um, from Redford, he used to always tease me and call me Chica, and I used to hate it and cry, and it just sort of stuck. And now everyone calls me that, and that's my, uh, my nickname. So I inherited it from my old man. He's, uh, nice. A few things you inherited from your old man. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, what well, I sort of alluded to. Luke, back in the day, used to be a bit of a ladies' man. He used to love chasing the women. And as he got older, he got, not too much has changed. And like his, like his old man, he's, he's a ladies' man. And uh, as you mentioned before, you, you played with the Carrington Cougars, and and strangely enough, you're still chasing cougars to this day. <laughs> oh, he's, he's on fire. He's on fire. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Short balls all day. <laughs> We've actually got Luke stuck for words. It's the first time. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, you haven't seen a black man turn red out of embarrassment yet happening right now. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, so the third thing, um, I, represented my, I represented my country in Oztag. I took up Oztag after I stopped playing rugby league and just to keep fit. And it was sort of similar to rugby league. And, you know, you could kick it and knock it back or whatever. So I represented... Um, 
for, played for Australia in 2002 and we went over to New Zealand and played a test over there against uh, New Zealand. And, um, here's, a, here's a question for you both. Is it a bigger achievement to represent Australia in Oztag or Italy in Rugby League? <laughs> I vote for Australia in Oztag. <laughs> <laughs> no comment from me. <laughs> I've got to keep the film. Seriously, though, um, you know, Oztag is the participation numbers in Oztag to make the Australian side is a fair effort. And it's oh, fantastic achievement. And it's an indicator. Luke was, um, I know I'm going to bag him plenty of chances, so I'll uh, give him a, a, an honest rap here. Luke was a very, very good rugby league player coming through. Um, we played lots of us in Wollamaloo. There were guys, lots of guys who went on and played first grade. I spoke about Jimmy Dimmick before, Frank Napoli, who played in the Italian side with me, played first grade with the Roosters, uh, a number of a number of people. We all played footy together, tackle up the domain, but touch football on the basketball courts in summer. And um, watching Luke play in that company, Luke was always one of the best players. And watching him play league in his own age group, he was one of the best players. The thing about Luke was he, he he wasn't that solidly built. So in terms of skill, he was as skillful as any player that I saw playing in our junior league, but um, he wasn't built as as thick and as solid for the league. So I guess as you get older and, and guys go through puberty and, you know, he's playing against 110 kilo front rowers, it's harder for a guy who's, mm. who's weighing 60 kilos. But in terms of skill and ability, um, Luke could play, but as you can see on the video there, he's got shoulders like a brown steak, and he's built like a, he's built like a minute of six. So um, you know, unfortunately, he wasn't built like uh, regularly. There's a, there's a, a rumor goes, Shannon, that, that growing up fighting for the food, he didn't get much off you. So he grew a lot quicker than he did. A bit like all the Shannon's halves. There was no service. <laughs> you go hard to the bank. We, 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 we throw money in to get some hot chips and Luke will get one hot chip. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the little crunchy bits at the end, yeah. Yeah, the little crunchy bits at the bottom. <laughs> that, was, that was my spoils. They're the nicest part, actually. Don't yeah. worry, you didn't yeah, miss out on it. Excellent. True. Excellent. And, and the last one, um, oh, this is the best. I love it. <laughs> um, is that I started acting when I was nine years of age. Wow. And I was discovered by my school teacher down there in Moolamaloo at Plunker Street Public School. We had a relief teacher uh, come in for our normal teacher who was on maternity leave. And I was in grade three. And for the first week, I was a bit of a class clown. I uh, played up a bit just to test the, test the waters. And she held me back after class on the Friday Arvo. Rang up my mum, who Shannon can vouch. She's a staunch woman, very scary woman at times. And I thought I was going to you know, be in big trouble. But she said, Mrs. Carroll, he's not in trouble. We uh, we got I've set up this meeting, if you're happy with it, for an agency, acting agency, North Bondi, to go along and have a meeting and see how where it goes. And that's where it started. I went and had the meeting. And, yeah, 33 years later, here I am. Amazing. Doing it. Amazing. Mm. You look, your mother, um, Arnie Faye, as we refer to her, obviously, mum to you, um, she was, from my memory, oh, she's a beautiful woman and she was fiercely um, proud and supportive of you I, in everything you did. I, certainly your acting, she was, you know, right behind you, but your footy, anything you did, I always remember your mum being, you know, really staunch and proud proud of you. Oh, mum was always there. Like you said, Shannon, she was a single parent for most, you know, first 10 years of my life. And, um, yeah, she, she did. She was Arnie to everybody. Everyone called her Arnie Faye. She looked after everybody. She worked in the Department of Education, so she uh, helped out, you know, with everybody in, in that regard. Um, she was always at that footy, so she was wa- washing the team jumpers. My brother 
older brother was the coach. And so mum would take all the jumpers, wash all the, wash all for the team, do the oranges at halftime, as you remember back in the day, you know, oranges at halftime was the best thing about playing footy <laughs> and always there supporting on the hill and vocal uh, along with my aunties, uh, the hooky clan and, no, nah, very staunch, very proud woman. And, uh, yeah, really you know, took me to a mark and gigs as a youngster. And, yeah, was really supportive. So, dearly missed she is. She's dearly missed. Jez, I've, you, I've heard you, you talk want... about your, your mum and the role she played in you being a Rabbitohs fan. Yeah, mate. She's, she is the reason I'm a Rabbitohs fan. Um, you know, I think I... You know, I, um, she spoke to me in the womb when I, when I was in the womb and at night time, making sure I was a Rabbitoh, singing the, the, the Rabbitoh song. And <laughs> now I come out red and blue, uh, red and green, sorry. And um, nah, loved it. Loved grow, growing up being a Rabbitoh. Mum was a staunch Rabbitoh supporter. You know, we, she lived in the area, grew up in the area as I, as I did as well. So um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I owe it to mum. And I'm glad, I'm glad I'm a Rabbitoh. I'm glad. Excellent. Well, there's a, there's a great <laughs> story actually of, um, Arnie Faye, uh, well, we invited Luke in one Indigenous round to come and speak in the corporate room. And at the time, Arnie Faye wasn't well. She was uh, battling cancer and um, she was towards the end. But to see the pride in her eyes when Luke was on stage speaking about the Rabbitohs and his career and what the Rabbitohs meant to him and his mum, it was actually a, a really, really nice moment to watch the, the pride in Faye's eyes and pride in the son, pride in the club. And then um, down in the dressing room at the game afterwards, it was a, for me as a friend of Luke and knowing the family, knowing Arnie Faye since I was a kid, it was uh, a really special memory that, that I had of Luke. That was a, that was a great day. Oh, I was, mate. And I, I've got to thank yourself, Shannon, for the invitation. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't know how, you know, how how far mum was in her cancer treatment, how, like, how close she was to, you know, passing away. It was only a couple of months after it. But, um, yeah, it was an amazing day. Um, the Rabbitohs won. Uh, we went down to the dressing room and, um, yeah, she met the boys. And, oh, she, oh, she was in an element. She loved it. You know, a couple of boys come out with their shirts off. She was like, hey, yeah, do what's doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then but, she uh, saw Ella with his shirt off and she started yeah. reaching. I was going to jump in and say that to that channel, but I'm giving you enough bags. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she loved it. She, you know, like, you know, to be in the dress room, she'd never been in the dress room before, or she hadn't been to a game for like, oh, geez, where's I? 27 years. She hadn't been wow. to a game. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, first game. 27 years, Rabbitohs win, she's in the dressing room with the likes of GI, you know, the likes of Cody, you know, the likes, you know, Cookie. It was just an amazing experience for her. Um, and, um, yeah, well, I can't thank the club enough for allowing it to happen and, and Shannon especially. Very good. Tell us about growing up in Woolloomooloo, mate, and growing up with a bloke like Shannon Donato, tickets on himself, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, mate, the best place in the world to grow up, I, um, I can't talk it up enough you know it's you know if you don't know where Woolloomooloo is it's you got the CBD of the city and about two k's towards King Cross you got um you got Woolloomooloo and then you got another maybe 500 meters up to to King's Cross you know so we're right in the middle bookended by those two places we had the harbour down the end of our streets um it was an amazing place to grow up and um like Shannon said we, we used to play a lot of sport in the middle of, of Woolloomooloo was a, a we called it the playground so it consisted of a full-size tennis court, a little paddle tennis court, and a basketball court. But it was a multi-purpose uh, space. You know, we used that basketball court not only to play basketball, but 
we followed the season. So if it was cricket season summer, we'd be playing cricket, you know, or uh, touch footy every, every or throughout the year. Touch footy was always on. And um, we had the domain up the road. And whenever it rained, we knew it was going to be muddy up there. So we put on our footy gear and climb up the wall to the up above the domain car park and, and play mud footy with the boys. And the younger and older boys, you know, we were – there was no um, – everybody looked after everybody. So it was an amazing place. Um, the likes of Shannon Donato, like you said, uh, Jim Dimmick, Frank Napoli went on to play first grade. Shandell Earl, Shando Earl, sorry, play, uh, lived down in Moulinloo for a little bit. So he, he went on to play first grade as well. So, yeah, great place to grow up. Uh, great community feel, very multicultural. We looked after each other. We had a, some great um, workers from South Sydney Council city, – City of Sydney Council, sorry, who looked after us um, – Dominic Squadrito, if you're watching, brother, you're one of them. Um, yeah, he was great. You know, we used to do activities with us after school and take us on school excursions or, sorry, excursions on the holidays periods. It was really great. And lifelong friends, I'll never forget. And um, I'll always be a Willamaloo boy, that's for sure. Pico, you mentioned um, Shandor Earl. I forgot about Shandor. I, I don't know how. He was a great footballer, great. But his mum, Jan, actually works with us uh, in the club now and doing, doing well-being. But Shandor was one of many great athletes down there. But out of all, all of the great athletes in Wollongong, who was the best and why was I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you'd walk off the tennis court at five love down and... Uh, and vanish to the other opponent, and you walk off the off the court, and they they wouldn't beat you. So that's why you're the greatest ever. Oh, he's a quitter. <laughs> he's a quitter. Oh mate, oh, Jezza, he'd walk off, paddle tennis court. It'll be the last point of the game. It would be down two sets to love, third and third and uh, deciding set, and he'll just walk off the court. And oh, you didn't beat me. He would say, "You didn't beat me." And then, then that was it. Then go. He was the best. for a Hundred percent. Everyone's a winner. Hold the peas. Straight to sports bar and the rockers. With <laughs> being competitive as a sin, I'm guilty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've got another thing about the homework thing. Remember, I've yes. touched on before. Yeah. So. Now we love playing cards when we get together, Wollongong boys. You know, we, we went up to a we went up to the Rabbitohs Titans game this year, and Shannon organised helped organise that. We had about 20, 20 of the Wollongong boys go up and uh, watch the Rabbitohs beat the Titans, and we went to the races on a Saturday. On the Sunday, we had a big tennis tournament with the boys, paddle tennis tournament, which is great to reminisce. And then we had a game of cards. But Shannon always, we love playing cards when we get together with the boys. And um, seven and a half is one of the games we play. And um, Shannon does his homework with that. You know, he loves counting the cards and um, getting the boys for a lot of money. So um, he does his homework when it comes to cards. He, I don't know how he does, but he can count cards. And now uh, he walks away with pockets full every time. Yeah. Have to, have to play so the please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so don't ever, ever play cards with him. He does his homework. He counts cards. He's shifty, mate. As he thinks, no, shifty. <laughs> you know the rules, Chica. A good scorer oh, always beats a good player. Yeah. Oh, I know the rules, but I still get I still get stumped by you, brother. I still get stumped by you. As, as we all do down there. As we all do down there. <laughs> you need to count his cards. He's normally got a couple extra than everyone else. Yeah, no. yeah exactly right, Ella. I'm sure he does. After hanging out with Shannon, I usually count my fingers afterwards rather than uh, rather <laughs> make sure there's a pinch then. If I sit next to next to Ello at lunch, I count my fingers. I'll give you this. <laughs> oh, very good. Now, tell us about you, you mentioned that your pathway to acting started in in year three. Tell us about how that developed and some of the great um, shows and movies that you've been a part of. 
Yeah, so I started out, believe it or not, doing some modelling. I was cute at one stage of my life. So I did a few um, uh, sort of shoots for David Jones catalogues, Best and Less, back in the day, Kmart. And then I got my first acting gig on a show called The Flying Doctors, uh, which was a pretty popular show in the late 80s, early 90s on Channel 9 and uh, required me to fly down to Melbourne for two weeks. And I went to the airport and uh, the older... There was an actor that I knew, a really tall Aboriginal actor that was only Aboriginal face only on television at the time, and he was at the same gate. So my mum goes, go and say hello to him. And I wasn't shy, so I went up and spoke to him, and it was Ernie Dingo. And I was you know, absolutely thrilled, and he said, oh, guess what, little brother? I'm, I'm going to be playing your older brother in this episode. So to me, that's where it all started. I started with some of the best. Uh, Ernie was became a mentor of mine. Um, he would come down to Woolmaloo, pick me up. He lived in Sydney as well, so after we... We finished filming in, in Melbourne. He'd come and pick me up down in Woolmaloo and take me to the basketball at Sydney Kings at the entertainment centre, the old entertainment centre now. Um, we'd have a feed down Torrentown, then go watch the game. And um, so it just started from there. Uh, the same director of The Flying Doctors was casting a big TV show, children's show called Lift Off on the ABC. And I auditioned for that and got the role, which I was stoked with. But it required me to move down to Melbourne for six months you now without family, my friends, um, and do this show. So... I, I signed up to do it and they were going to find me back every fortnight to see, see everybody, but I got too homesick. So they flew me back every weekend for six months. So I'd, I'd fly down to Melbourne on Sunday night, work all week, Monday to Friday, and we're working 10 hours a day. I was the oldest kid. I was 12. The youngest was five. And we're working 50 hours a week. It was crazy. Wow. Uh, the, the, rule, the, the laws have changed now, but um, then I'd fly back on Friday evening and have the weekend back at Sydney and I was secretly to play footy. I wasn't really homesick. I just wanted to play footy on the weekend boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a little side story to that, Janet Holmes of Court was one of the executive producers. So, you know, Peter Holmes of Court's mother, she was um, the executive producer of Liftoff and put a lot, a lot of her own money in, into the production and I'm um, very grateful to... You know, for Jenna and her contribution to that show, it was great. Went to, so, sold to 57 countries around the world. And yeah, it was a big part of my early experience working as an actor, but also growing as a, as a person at such a young age, you know, being away from family. You know, you, you hear stories about especially Aboriginal talent, you know, rugby league talent or sporting talent that are from the country areas coming down to the big smoke and getting homesick. So, you know, I'm pretty stoked and proud of myself that I was able to conquer it at such a young age, at 10 years of age and go away and, you know, live my dream. Um, from there, I did a lot of sort of uh, guest roles. Heartbreak High was another one I did later on, which was a pretty popular show on TV. Um, yeah, uh, I did a lot of stuff. Done a lot of stage around the world, around the country as well. Um, done, done, done Home and Away, um, Black Comedy, The Man from Snow River, the TV series, mm. uh, All Saints, Water Rats. Um, yeah. Can't forget Play, play school. school, mate. Play <laughs> School, yeah, Play School. So, yeah, this is my 11th year. Wow, uh, that's as, fantastic. As a presenter. Yeah, yeah, I'm the first male presenter, Aboriginal presenter on there. So um, I was going to say, look, like, that's the only show that you're involved in that Shannon understands. He gets <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He calls himself Big Ted. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see the resemblance there. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, we call him Jemima at work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if it can't be him, but I just I thought I had to put that out there. No, 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 awesome, awesome. Yeah, so this year, um, Play School is celebrating 55 years, can you believe it or wow. not, on, on strange screens. So um massive achievement and it's just great to be a part of. I 
I love the gig. I was stoked to get it. It's a regular gig as well. So, you know, mm. times of COVID at the moment, things are shutting down. Um, you know, play school's pushing through. So, yeah, you know, I MC big events as well. And, you know, I was lucky enough to MC uh, the Indigenous round this year for the Mighty Rabbitohs, which I absolutely loved. It was a dream gig. Um, truly was. You know, I, to have two of my loves put, brought together was just a, a dream come true. So, yeah, once again, thanks to the Rabbitohs Football Club for inviting me to do that. It was awesome. You've done a bit of work with Channel Nine as well on their State of Origin promotions and and stuff like that. So you've got still remaining with that connection with rugby league through um, your acting and presenting work too. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So I've also been the on-field MC for the NRL All Stars every year except for one year. I was away doing a, an acting gig, so I do that as well. Um, I did the yeah the. Uh, Last year's Indigenous round for Channel Nine, the intro when South played St George, which was which was awesome. I got to speak about you know Wollongmaloo growing up, Wollongmaloo, and my love for the Rabbitohs, and you know the the amount of talent, Indigenous talent that we've had over the years. And I also did the State of Origin intro, yeah, and, and also did the on-field MC for the Origin last year, uh, ANZ, which was amazing. Yeah, go to Blues, good. go to Blues. <laughs> That's excellent. Do you feel like a, you, you mentioned there with um, your work with Play School in particular, being the first Aboriginal man to be one of the presenters on the on the show? Do you, do you recognise yourself as being a bit of a pioneer and and someone that's a, a bit of a trailblazer for Indigenous people on on TV and in acting? Uh, I don't really. I don't really think of it. I just mm. see it as a job. Um, I'm very humble in that regard. I, you know, I'm from Wormaloo. You know, um, from not much at all. You know, we struggled down there a lot. We didn't have much, but we made the most of what we had. So, you know, I've got mates from Wormaloo, um, from mates I went to school who kept me pretty humble as well. So I and treat me normal. And I don't really think of it. If, probably if I was to sit down and think about my career and have a really good thought about it, um, think about it, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've achieved a lot, mm. but I don't really sit and, sit and dwell on it too much. I just sort of move forward. And, you know, if I'm not working on then I'm, I've got my kids and, you know, I'm, hanging out with the lads as well. So, yeah, I um, maybe I am, but I don't really see it. I don't really dwell on it as much. You go, what about when, you, when you're with your kids and, and you get recognised? Um, I've seen what happens when, you, when you're with your mates and you get recognised by some of the kids' mums. But, I mean, what do you... When, when, when you're with your kids and you're, and you're out one, one day, and what, what, what do your kids make of all that? Marley's pretty used to it. He's seen it for the last 20 years, so he's pretty cool with it. And he's a pretty cool kid, you know. He's sort of laid back and relaxed. Enzo loves it. Um, he's just out there, this young fella. Um, I got him on play school a few times, so he thinks he's famous. And he tells everyone at school he's famous. So um, so he thinks that they're noticing him and not me. So, uh, But they're pretty cool about it. But I think Enzo, if anyone, any of my kids were to follow me into, into the acting game, it'll be, um, it'll be Enzo, definitely, my little fella. Very good. Now, uh, it's an ADOC week, of course, and a very important week for um, not only Indigenous people within this country, but the whole of, of Australia to be able to celebrate um, the Indigenous culture the, that's been here for 60,000 plus years. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do this week to, to celebrate and to, to spread that message? Yeah, so usually, um, you know, Unfortunately, due to COVID restrictions, uh, a lot of the NAIDOC events have been postponed, including, um, I think, South Cares was a, an event that's going to happen out, was going to happen out at Heffron, which I was hopefully going to MC, but it's been postponed, uh, that event. 
Um, I, I usually host the National NAIDOC Awards. That's uh, at the start of the week. Um, we have a big awards ceremony for community and it travels to each capital city each year. It changes each year. So I was the MC for that. That's been postponed. Um, heaps of events have been postponed. But um, me personally, I just have a conversation with people. Um, I promote it over my social uh, media platforms, um, how important it is to me, how proud I am to be a First Nations man in this country. Um, and also challenge, you know, our non-Indigenous brothers and sisters out there to gain a bit more uh, of an education about us as a culture. Uh, you know, we are the oldest continuing culture in the world, and that's something that all Australians should be proud of. Mm. And, you know, I, I love that. I'm a proud Australian, but I'm also a very proud Aboriginal man, and I want uh, this country to, you know, to, to educate themselves about it, and the real history um, and the culture, and it's a beautiful culture. And uh, there's so much to learn and so much for us to come together and, and learn and have conversations, uh, do the research, um, you know, and, and, and a club, that's why I love the Rabbitohs so much, you know, because of their their input, their their connection to not only, you know, their, their fans, but the Aboriginal communities that lie within their boundaries, both the La Perouse community and the Redfin community and Waterloo as well. There's a lot of Aboriginal people in, in Waterloo. So, um that's uh, another reason why I love this club so much. But um, yeah, I just help promote it over my social media platforms and um, also do Zoom meetings like this. So I've got a, another Zoom meeting tomorrow morning with the company. I chat about NAIDOC and what it means to me. And um, But yeah, it's just a great week to, to celebrate the culture um, and come together and educate ourselves, um, have conversations. And um, yeah. But for us as Aboriginal people, we, you know, NAIDOC weeks every day for us, you know, where we walk it every day and proudly. And um, yeah, this week's just highlights, gives a bit of, puts us up on a pedestal a little bit and allows everybody to come in with us and walk with us. I'm glad you mentioned there about um, uh, challenging people to learn more about the culture, more non-Indigenous people. And I've said a few times on this show about, I'm, um, I've been really proud watching my daughter through school now that they that they actually take the time now to teach um, our Indigenous history in schools. I remember when I was at school, the bicentenary was the biggest thing in Australia's history and we'd been around for 200 years and it wasn't until I'd uh, been immersed within the club and, and talking to people like Cody and Alicia Parker-Elrez at South Cares and Greg Inglis and David Peachy and all these guys that have come through our, our club over the, the past 20 years that I've got a real understanding of what Australia's true history is about and how, how we should be proud of having a history of, of over 60,000 years and I agree with you. It, it, this is a great week to kickstart that, but it's something that we mentioned also on the Indigenous round that we shouldn't be looking into issues around Indigenous people as well for one week a year. It should be something that's prevalent all the time. And as we celebrate NAIDOC this week, we should be celebrating the culture every week. Exactly, mate. And you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, education is key and it's in the schools. You know, there are steps going forward, which is great to see. You know, I went out to parks out at, uh, in central west of New South Wales and uh, caught up with a good mate. At, you probably know guys, Dennis Moran. Yes. Ex, ex first grader, yep. Um, his kids uh, go to uh, the primary school there. So I went and spoke to them during NADOC week a few years ago. And um, the local language there is a Wiradjuri tribe, which I'm a proud Wiradjuri man, um, born in better born and bred on Gadigal country in Wollamaloo. But um, yeah, the kids know, know the language. They sing the national anthem in, in that Wiradjuri language. They speak, they have uh, Wiradjuri language classes. It's just an amazing, amazing school. And it's um, 
like you said, it, it is being taught now in, in, in schools and in the education system, and it's great to see. Fantastic. Any final shots you want to get in on him, Shannon, before he goes? <laughs> no, I've, I've been into him enough. But, uh, I, you know, I do – I am guilty of going on about Wollamaloo too much, but Luke – He's the quintessential Wollamaloo guy, you know. He loved his sport. He's passionate about his community, passionate about giving back, and um, he's held in very high regard by the by the whole community down there, and we're very proud of the things he's done. Very good. Here, here, as a, as a Rabbitohs man, you're doing great, a great job, mate, with your, with your career and also the awareness that you bring around uh, Indigenous issues and celebrating the culture, and you're doing a great job, and it's great to have you on board as a, not only a Rabbitoh, but also as a guest on the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. We appreciate you giving us the time this morning, mate, and good luck with your, your stage show and everything that you've got coming up. Thank you very much. Pleasure, lads. And um, Shannon, some of those tips you sent through those WhatsApp group, brother. Oh, something. <laughs> oh, they're shocking. But thanks, lads. Uh, it's been great. Um, and um, glory, glory. Pay so well. Glory, glory. <laughs> glory, there glory, lads. There he's tips when he's working for the bookies, Luke. <laughs> uh, just, just from me too, Luke. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, mate. I learned a hell of a lot about you today too, mate, that, that I didn't know. And uh, mate, you've had a you've had a great career so far, mate. You got you got such a long way to go, and we wish you all the best in yours, mate. And uh, thanks for your support for the Rabbitohs and everything you do. Cheers, lads, and uh, thanks for what you guys do for the club as well. It's great to see it firsthand, and um, this podcast is awesome. We get the word out, so uh, thank you and uh, glory, glory, eh? That's it. That's it. Thanks very much, mate. And as uh, Luke Carroll heads off now to uh, go and rehearse his show, uh, we'll head to our first break of the morning. Well, before we jump into our uh, merchandise shop, Reid, what a great chat that was this morning with Luke and and Shannon. On a more serious note, you you and your mates must be so proud of of what he's been able to achieve in his his career and his life. Yeah, it certainly are, Jez. He, as he said, he's very humble. He's just like one of the one of the boys. But to see a guy who's come from a single parent household, grew up in public housing in Wollamaloo, just one of the boys playing touch, and we all come from similar backgrounds, but to see him go on and, you know, um, being some massive Australian movies, massive Australian series. Uh, first, as he said, Aboriginal man on uh, play school, we are all enormously proud, but we're proud of the person he is as well, not just him in terms of his acting feats, but he's just genuinely thoroughly decent fella. You know, he's just humble. He's If anybody needs a helping hand, he's certainly the first one uh, to help them, either financially or otherwise, which is another big part of the Indigenous culture, but he's just a thoroughly decent fellow, Luke, and um, he's he's been a great mate my whole life, and I'm, I'm proud of the things he's done, and I'm proud of him as a person. Yeah, well, well said, a, mate. Well said. He's got, a, he's got a really good part to his character about him that, you know, I haven't known Luke very long, but the times I've met him, I felt like I've known him for a long time, mm. and, you know, that's a very endearing part of his character. And that's just him as a person, Shannon, that you're talking about. It's not a, not about his, his skills, you know, in his acting or his presenting or things like that. I think he's genuinely that sort of person, which is which is so fantastic. 
I'm glad we yeah. finally got him on after uh, disappearing act the first time he was supposed to come <laughs> on. It was uh, it was good to finally get him on. So let's get on to our first break. And, of course, Rabbitohs Merchandise Store, it's currently closed due to the lockdown, but that doesn't mean that you can't get your hands on some of the great Rabbitohs merchandise. And I see a lot of the stuff has been restocked. And the way to get your hands on that and to check it all out is to visit shop.rabbitohs.com.au online. And, Shannon, a lot of the classic sportswear gear is been restocked and and last week you mentioned uh well actually for about the last three months you've mentioned the the uh, storm tech jackets and you mentioned the snuggets and there was another item and i jumped online to check them all out and i can't find them are they sold out already uh no but there there has been a strong demand from inside the club both russell and i dare say his celebrity friends are, for the snuggets i wanting some russell's i thought they were in a camouflage design yes <laughs> <laughs> but in the Phoenix mistakes, so there has been a lot of uh, internal demand for them and we just need to get the numbers right because it was a set order. So they are limited numbers. So when they do come online, actually, in the Phoenix mistakes, get on early and buy them because they will sell out. And as we know, they're, they're a great buy. They're great jackets. They're great quality. They last years and years and we've done a limited run. So I encourage everybody, when they do come online, Jeremy, to, yes. um, to, to jump in there and get them and one of the other things that is already uh, selling really well as well, obviously, is um, the masks. The masks are going really well. The, the, the COVID mask. I wish they had a, a full face mask for Ella having to sit here watching music <laughs> on the screen. Unfortunately, we haven't got those yet, but the COVID masks are certainly available online as well. Yeah, you're hiding them with all your prawn dumplings, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we haven't missed a trick this morning. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, jump onto shop.rabbitos.com.au to check out all of that gear, including all the restocked official classic sportswear gear, the polos, the T-shirts, the jerseys, everything that uh, the official team wear. So jump onto shop.rabbitos.com.au. Now, our second top four topic for the morning is the top four players that you would have loved to have seen wear the red and green over the years. We're going to kick off with you, Ella. Oh, that's a good that's a good call, Jez. It's always a tough one because we've had so many great players here mm. at the club. Um, I must say, I go back to my era, um, you, you probably go through some of the players that you would have loved to play with the same sort of thing. But, I mean, Wally Lewis was just one of the great players in my era, you know. He'd control a team and he seemed to have great leadership qualities, Wally. Um, you know, and he, he led Queensland from the front. He was just one of those players that was was very, very gifted. Um, and, you know, he could do anything you needed in the game and led from the front. So, and, yeah, there's no doubting how, you know, how good he was for the game, particularly back in that era. Um yeah, uh, the, the 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 other player, I think, I'd have loved to play with Eric Growth mm. rather than have to tackle him. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> I tell a story. I was playing one day and um, I was playing five eight, and he came in off a scrum, and all I've been thinking about was Mark Apple, Brett Kenny, um, you know, for, for the whole night before because he was a lot quicker than me, blow us. I'm getting on the outside. What I forgot was he brings Eric Growth in off the scrub. Yeah. And he's given Eric Growth, he's just trampled. 
I think I managed to grab one foot, but he just trampled straight up the front of my body all the way through the face. And anyway, <laughs> he was, he was, he was a great player, Eric Grove, and he doesn't. I don't think he gets the sort of raps that that he probably should have. Mm. He probably should have in the day. Um, I was a great fan of Cliff Lyons too. Mm. Um, just his longevity in the game. Um, yeah, Grant Alexander gave Cody a bit of a rap the other week on, on one of the coverages, that, saying he's he's as close to Cliff Lyons as he's ever seen the late place. And and Cody, Cody and and Cliff, um, they both both have a backyard football presence on the on the field. You know that they can do things just out of nothing, and they don't do things that everyone else does. They do, you know, they have their own certain ways of doing things. Not only can they make a break, they can put someone through a break. They can put a depth little kick in when they needed to. Um, you know, just things like that. And you'd love to have them in your team because they give such variety in your attack, etc. Mm. And particularly the way defences are. And it started back in the 80s. Like we've been talking about defence all the time um, since then. Um, and, you know, having someone in your team like that, like a Cliff Lyons, who could break any sort of defence, it'd be always great to have in your team. Mm. Um, and... I'm going to say it. He did play for South Sydney, but one one person, and I'm going outside the rules here. I would have loved to play with John Sattler. Mm. I just would have loved to play with John Sattler because you know I've had a bit to do with Sats over the years and watch him playing and what you know about him. He's just a a gentleman off the field, but he's one of those people, South Sydney people we spoke about in the past, that actually care about everything about the club. It's not just about him. Um, and I know his players, you know, played from You saw in the, the grand final when he had his jaw broken. You saw, you know, the enjoyment they had of cheering him off the field and knowing what a great sacrifice he'd made for all of, all of his, his players there. Um, it's a bit like Sam, obviously, in the 2014 grand final. Um, you know, just amazing sacrifice for teammates. Mm. Um, and it's... That's why I think I would have loved to play with John Sattler. And the fact that John Sattler probably wasn't the greatest skillful technical player that ever played for our club, but he's one that goes down in memory because of the way he treated his teammates and the way he played and represented the club both on and off the field. And uh, I know he played for South Sydney, but he's one I would have loved to play with. No, four very good uh, options there. Hello, Shannon, what about you? Who would you have loved to have seen wear the red and green? over the years. Before I jump into mine, Jez, I might just make a bit of a comment on some of those guys. You mm. know, you spoke about Cody playing backyard footy and, and you know, um, breaking the defence. Um, Elo in his footy career, he fought the fence for something that ran around the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Last time Elo broke, broke the defences when he sat on it. But... <laughs> What about what about when he's talking about Brett Kenny and terrified, you know, just thinking the night before Brett Kenny was so fast and getting him around him. But he Stan Jurd would have run around you. Like, he was fast compared to you. <laughs> he was a lucky Stan Jurd. <laughs> yeah, the, the worst he is was quicker than you. <laughs> 
seen him. Wasn't allowed to be the chief. Hey, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had nightmares marking up against you. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, very good. I bet you couldn't run around me. Nobody could. <laughs> Except the Kenyan marathon runners. <laughs> Oh, uh, very good. Uh, moving on. Oh, uh, We're getting there today. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, my first one is similar vein to LA's first one. Wally Lewis was the best of his era, and he would have been great. Imagine what he would have done at the Rabbitohs. And mine is similar, the best of my era. I actually think he's the best player that's ever played, in my opinion, anyway. And that's Andrew Johns. Imagine what um, Joey could have done at the Rabbitohs and how great we would have been. You know, I just think he was a, a great player. Uh, he was, as I said before, he hit like a second row. He could goal kick like Hazamel Masri, general play kick like Ricky Stewart. He could put guys through gaps like Clippy Lyons. He could run the ball himself. There wasn't there wasn't a weakness in his game. There was probably a, a weakness in, uh, off the off the field. He liked the party and probably wasn't as diligent as he needed to be. But on the field, he was. I think he was the perfect footballer. And imagine what Joey would have done at the the Rabbitohs. And Jez or Ella, you guys might know this story. I, I, I vaguely recall, and I could be wrong. I could just be fantasising here, but. The, the, I remember there, there was an effort at one stage to try and get Joey to the Rabbitohs. There certainly was. There certainly was. What's the story behind that? Do you know? I, I think it was, uh, from memory, it was the mid-2000s and uh, we felt like we needed to get a marquee player to the club to try and turn the results around, turn things around. And he was um, off contract at Newcastle and was identified as someone that, could do that and I remember there was all sorts of conversations about how we could go about uh, working our squad and salary caps and that sort of stuff to be able to pay the sort of money that it would take to get him out of Newcastle and obviously it it didn't happen but um, yeah there was certainly an effort at one stage to try and get Andrew Johns to the Rabbitohs. We're going to train in Newcastle three times a week too. I can understand Joey not coming, you know. I guess it's, you know, it's been intimidating because Joey could play hooker as well. Having to play in my shadow would have been pretty hard for him as well. <laughs> Having to up- it's uh, a big shadow. We've got to take the jersey to the tails to get it fitted, do we? <laughs> Very good. Very good. We could have had <laughs> Andrew and Matthew. <laughs> I didn't have a jersey, Hello. They just used the red and green paint roll of the It's a call of the season, Jez. That's, that's the best call of this podcast. It's just, <laughs> he's trying to fob off. Look, he's trying to go to the next topic. No, mate, no, mate live with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think the old man might have nearly fitted in too. <laughs> Gary, get Gary in there. The whole family. Room for the whole family. <laughs> uh, all right, 15 all. Let's yeah, go. Right. So that's three it? That's three players in one. <laughs> You've only got one to go, Shannon. So you finished back taming me, boys? Can I get on with my other three? <laughs> or should I just go to my counselling session now? Uh. <laughs> all right. Oh, so, yeah, Joey. Just imagine, Joey, what he would have done for the rabbit. My next three... Um, which is fitting in with the culture of the Rabbitohs, and it is NAIDOC week, but they're genuinely three Aboriginal players. And um, I I genuinely think these guys would have been fantastic for the Rabbitohs. As I said, culturally would have fitted in really well, but what they brought on the field would have been just amazing. And the first one is um, 
Jonathan Thurston. Imagine JT playing for the Rabbitohs with the exciting back line we've got now outside him. Imagine, like Renault's doing a fantastic job and, and always has, but Jonathan Thurston, one of the all-time great halfbacks ever, uh, he would have just been electric, putting guys through gaps left, right and centre. You know, the defence struggled to hold us now, but with JT, we would have been absolutely um, indefendable. Like, you know, imagine trying to, to mark those guys. So, JT was a great player, great goal kicker as well, uh, as is Renault. So, uh, we've been very fortunate to have a player of Renault's calibre and Jonathan Thurston would have been um, right up there as well. Um, LA, talking about that great Eels side, they had another great player that, I was always a Rabbitohs man, but I always admired. And that was the great Zip Zip man, Steve Eller. Yeah. Um, he was a fantastic footballer. Again, he's not too dissimilar to some of the players we've got now. A great um, Aboriginal centre, played for the Eels in the 80s. Uh, fantastic uh, pace, fantastic. Could step off the even foot, was, you know, very agile. And his nickname was the Zip Zip Man because he was so zippy and scored plenty of tries. And I got to meet, he's working in uh, health up in the uh, Central Coast region. And I got to do a bit of work through South Cares with um, the Zip Zip Man. And he's one of the most humble, gentlest. You know, I had to ask him, like, you know, you are the Steve Ella. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I used to play footy, but never mentions it, but was an, one of the greats of his time. And I, I think he would have been a great player for the Rabbitohs, had we been fortunate enough to secure his services. And my final player... Uh, that one, Shannon, sorry, talk, talking about that Parramatta team, they were, they were the guns of the era back then. It, the fact, we all, we know, all know uh, dirty Daryl Neville that, uh, you know, played here and coached and was a trainer here as well. He used to, he used to give his phone number out, right, and the first digits were 667. And instead of saying the numbers, you'd just say Kenny, Kenny, Sterling, Crone and Ella. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I remember his phone number. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, pretty special side that Earl's one, that's for sure. And Steve Ella was probably one of the jewels in the in the crown there. And my final one, as I said, three Aboriginal players is the great Arthur Beetson. Uh, he played at a number of clubs, the Tigers. We won't mention one of the other ones that he played for. Um, <laughs> but he was a he was a great player, Hardy, a ball player, um, strong, uh, a leader. So, again, culturally, he would have been a great fit for our club. And I think having him in a in such tough, durable packs that we had at the time, a, a bit of a ball playing forward would have just complemented them really nicely. So, could you imagine Rabideau's sides with... With Artie Beetson, Steve Ella, Jonathan Thurston, Andrew Johns, uh, would have been absolutely uh, amazing. A great list there. I'll quickly go through my ones. The the four players I would have liked to have seen play at South over the years. My first one was Brad Fittler. Imagine the change. It's a bit like those changing doors moments, or sliding doors moments, if he joined us instead of the Roosters from Penrith. It could have been two completely different histories to the two clubs, so it would have been great to see Freddie come to South um, at some stage over these. I, I seem to remember him saying at one stage when he was a kid he was a South fan, so probably not that that uh, far off the mark that he could have joined us at one stage, but obviously they get very well looked after at the Roosters and it's hard to get them out <laughs> once they're in. Um, it's funny you say that, uh, Jeremy. When I was at the back end of my career, I was just... 
uh, I, was, I was teaching and had time off on school holidays, and that's when the um, they used to play some of the the school rep uh, games for picking teams. And I remember driving out to Penrith Park with the great Daryl Number Nine Bampton mm. to go. He was doing our recruitment and that. He might have been the CEO at the time. So come and watch his kid with me. I went out and watched him, and even at that level, he was just unbelievable. Yeah. But um, yeah, he might. Have, I think I think he did have a bit of a leaning towards South, but. Um, he at the time he was living in Penrith, and those days at such a young age to relocate was a very difficult thing. So, mm. yeah, there was interest there, but we didn't quite manage to grab him. He had a big step on him. He might have got around you, Shannon. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably it was a big step. Actually, I, I see Freddie a bit. My wife actually coached his daughter Demi in netball, and um, we, we 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 mightn't have signed Freddie to the Rabbitohs, but we. We signed Demi at one stage to the Double Bay Diamonds Netball Club, so uh, almost <laughs> close, enough. <laughs> close enough. Uh, my second nomination is Brad Clyde. He was one of my favourite players when I was a kid, and it would have been great to have seen him make the shift from from Canberra to, to South at one stage. And another rep player that I had on my list, and we actually got to see him with the rabbit on his chest, but never on the field. And it was Gordon Tallis. We saw him uh, in a coaching capacity with the Rabbitohs, but he was one of the, de- the defining players of his generation, I think, as a, as a second rower and his levels of aggression. He, he beat us single-handedly a few times. It would have been great to see him in, in red and green at, at one stage of his career with a football under his arm rather than a, rather than a clipboard as a coach. And I've, I'm a bit like you, Ella. I've broken the rules a little bit with my last one, but I would have loved to have seen Sam Burgess in a 1980s Rabbitohs jersey. Oh. I would have loved to have seen him in that Smith Crisp jersey with you guys, Ello. Imagine that forward pack oh. if you added Sam to it. <laughs> I've made some trips to the judiciary, Jess. Oh. <laughs> could you could you imagine hearing that big, thick Northern English accent, Henry? Henry. It's <laughs> called an Andre. Andre. <laughs> I'm sure it would have been on the cards in the first five minutes of oh, yeah, yeah. every day. Well, you talk, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've spoken to, to Bobby and, and Sats back in the day, Sats a few years back, but they they all talk about how good their team was back then. But they they always say Sam Burgess would have walked into that team. Yeah, mate. Which is, which is, a, which is a big rap. That is a big yeah, any current day player to be able to go back and walk into that team. And, uh, we all know what he's done. We all know how good he is too. Um, so we're just lucky we had him. Yeah, absolutely. Great service to the club. So a great selection of of players there in our second topic. And I enjoyed that chat. Some, some things a little bit out of the box and <laughs> chatting about Andrew Johns and Matthew Johns and Gary Johns playing for South. And defence. <laughs> <laughs> defense. That was, that was excellent. Right, we'll be back after this break. Now, we've spoken about Rabbitohs Plus before. It's a great initiative that provides everyday services for Rabbitohs members and supporters from travel deals to home and contents insurance, credit cards, car insurance, home loans. There's great deals for everyone uh, to have at Rabbitohs Plus. So visit plus.rabbitohs.com.au. And while we're all in lockdown and might have a bit more extra time on our 
hands before we have to start homeschooling children. Um, that might be a good chance to get some of those things in order and check out the Rabbitohs Plus offers and see if you can save some money on your, your credit cards or home loans or car insurance or anything like that, Shannon. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, you save some money, Jez. But the other thing is you, you're supporting the club. Um, Rabbitohs Plus was started last year during COVID when we were unsure whether the football was going to come back and and uh, we needed alternative revenue streams to make sure the club was strong and that was part of the impetus for setting up Rabbitohs Plus was to give our members really good products at the best possible rates. And it does that, but it's important to note that um, by... Um, supporting Rabbitohs Plus and using signing up for their products. You're also supporting the club. A, a, a clip goes towards the club to ensure we're uh, financially stable and strong and we never go back to that stage where we were uh, 22 years ago, kicked out of the competition and that we will always stay strong. So uh, just be sure when you're checking out those products that as well as getting uh, a quality service and a great rate that you are also supporting the club. Absolutely. Plus.rabbitos.com.au to check out all of the offers from Rabbitos Plus. Now, our trivia question or questions from last week, and we gave away the answer to the first part of the question in last week's show. How many Rabbitos have won the Dally M Player of the Year Award? Who were they? And in what years did they win? Now, last week, I slipped up and we determined that there was only one winner of the Dally M Player of the Year Award from the Rabbitos. So, gentlemen, do you know who that was and in what year was it? I think I do, Jess. But yep. I'm going to let Shannon answer it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to tick already, Ella. Doing your homework for you again, Ella. Jeez, I carry you at work all day and I'm going to carry you on the podcast. Um, and that is some effort to carry you. I'll give you the <laughs> Uh Jez, would I be correct in saying Rocky Laurie, 1980? You would. Robert Rocky Laurie, 1980. It's the first year that the award was presented and it's a very proud part of the club's history that uh, that Rocky was that first winner of the Dally M Award back in 1980 and something that I know he and his family are very proud of as well and uh, it's something that we always like to talk about and, and remember. Indeed. I, I was fortunate enough to be in Rocky's company in uh, February uh, earlier this year and, you know, a great guy. I saw him up there. We, we had a stack of old boys up there um, for a fundraiser for a for a local kid who had cancer and unfortunately passed away. But Rocky was one of a number of ex-players that went up there and uh, made Jake's time very special up there, supported him, supported his family. And he's just a fantastic guy, Rocky, and and still held in very high esteem by his the teammates that he used to play with and indeed the entire Rabbitohs family and club. Absolutely. And next week's trivia question. Now we've spoken about it a little bit here about the history of, of uh, Redfern Oval and the final game at the ground. Now 1987 was the last year that we used it as our full-time home ground but in what year did we play our last home competition game at Redfern Oval and who did we play? So the hint is it wasn't 1987. We did play there after 1987. So I'll, uh, I'll leave it with you, gentlemen, to do your homework and we will uh, announce that in episode 21 next week. Have you got any thoughts on that one, gents? I certainly do, Jez. I, oh. I've, got, I've got a sneaking suspicion. Well, don't give it away. 
Oh, oh no, I won't. I won't say who it is. <laughs> who I think it is, but I think I might have played in this game. I think I uh, might have come off the bench, which was my usual position. Um, oh. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I did. Uh, I might. I might have to do some homework myself. To yeah, uh, we, we obviously were. lost, did we? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask this, Jez? Was it the nineteen nineties? It was the nineteen nineties. Yeah. It was the nineties. I think I know who. Right, oh well, and, well, and the opponent, I think, will will stump a few people. I think. I, th- I think all of it will stump a few people. I think there would have been a few people that thought that the last uh, the last game played there was in 1987 when Ello kicked that fantastic penalty goal to lead two nil against Canberra to us eventually lose twenty six two. Cannon played that day too, Jess. <laughs> Funny enough, LA played in the first ever game at Redfern Oval too. That's how old he is. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we will unveil the answers to those questions next week. Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday, maybe a long weekend with your mates, or you really need to get to the next game, then it's time to what if it. What if has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use the promo code Rabbitohs15, and you can save 15% on selected hotels. Now, conditions apply with that offer, but check it all out at whatif.com slash Rabbitohs and use that promo code Rabbitohs. 15 what if it's Aussie for travel and with talk of extended lockdowns I think we're all uh, excited not only to go on a holiday through what if but just to get out of the house yeah I'll tell you what Jess it's funny we're talking about last week I was talking about how my dog's sick of going for walks and there were those um you know there's this (laughs) comics comedy comics going around with the dog sitting on top of the cupboard in the kitchen have you been taking your cat for a few walks lately? <laughs> look, sitting up over your left shoulder. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, look. There's Ziggy. Uh, look, That's his favourite going to take a chunk out of your head there. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> he can be a bit cranky at times, old Ziggy. But anyway, all good fun. So well, uh, You know yes. what? If he, does, if he does bite your head, you won't have to worry about hairballs getting caught in the front <laughs> That is true. That is true. Uh, very <laughs> <good>. shattered for <laughs> you. <laughs> I tell you what, if he bit my back, he'd have plenty of hairballs. <laughs> <laughs> if he caught him for a week. Oh, very good. Whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use that code, Rabbitohs15. Save 15% on select hotels. All right, hello. I think it's your turn for joke of the week this week. I think it's Shannon's, isn't it? Oh, is it? I don't know. No, it's yours. Yours. Is it? Yours, yours, hello. Oh. I haven't prepared. I'm sorry. I haven't prepared. Seriously. Do you want me to tell a a terrible dad joke that my five-year-old daughter actually invented? I think it's your turn for a joke, Jess. I'll I'll run this. My, My daughter, Kira, came up with this joke all by herself. And it is it is a dad joke, but I like it. Why was the puppy sweating? Why? Why? Because it was a hot dog. <laughs> I like it. Can, can we edit that one out? <laughs> I reckon that's pretty slick for a five-year-old. 
You know, I used to tell mom, do you? She's your easy please. You're very easy please. The one, the, we're going to tell clean dad jokes. The one I always tell my daughter, she's the love, is um, the two snakes, they're mates, and they're slithering down the road. And one says to the other one, you know, I was thinking, what, what, what type of snakes are we? And his mate says, what do you mean, what type of snakes are we? He said, you know, are we, are we you know, the, the type that, strangles our prey and constricts them. Are we constrictors or are we uh, venomous snakes? You know, we bite and put poison, inject poison, and that's how we, we kill our prey. The other one says, oh, we're constrictors. What, why? Why do you ask? He said, oh, that's that's a relief. I, I just bit my lip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good dad joke. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've a good day. I've got a, I've got a quick one. I've got oh, a quick thank one. Thank goodness, thank right goodness, on. we couldn't finish one. on that. Uh, a woman's sitting in the lounge room, <laughs> watching TV with her husband. She says, "I've just got to ask you something. I've been wondering all the time. Why do you have pictures of naked women? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> no." Can you tell me why I found pictures of naked women on your phone? He said, because you're a nosy bugger. (laughs) 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 Well done. You saved the joke. Well saved, Ella. Well Well done. Uh, We're back to you next week, Shannon. I've, I've been banned forever. After my hot dog, look, guys, I do do apologise for that. I thought it was yours, Shannon. So anyway, that's That's all right. I think we got out of it in the end. We did. Jess, I'd love to congratulate you for your story on the South Sydney jersey with the Johns brothers and Gaza. (laughs) I think that's that's the number one. that was the joke of the year, mate. Not the joke uh, of the year. <laughs> uh, very well, good. Well, it's no coincidence now that uh, Shannon's the head of our merchandise department that jerseys <laughs> now are sold up to size 7XL. <laughs> We've got to have two tags to fit all the X's on them. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be back to wrap it up. In you know moment. what, Ella? I'm oh. happy with him uh, mentioning the Johns Brothers and my jersey. That's that's the closest I've got in terms of comparison to Andrew John. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do that as well. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening once again. 20 episodes, gentlemen. Who would have thought we'd get wow. that far up to number 20? Yeah, uh, geez, it's gone quick. It has gone quick. 20 weeks. <laughs> well, that's Jeez. Pythagoras. Jeez, you're good at numbers, Jess. Jeez, Maths you're very is my strong point. <laughs> you're going to be in trouble when, when you run out of fingers and toes to count the episodes oh, no. next week. That's, that's why oh. I'm not in charge of our salary yeah. cap. Well, we can only have 21. We can only have 21 episodes, Shannon. <laughs> Uh, very good. We could probably stretch it to 23 if we had to. 
<laughs> or 22 and a half in those days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now make sure you contact us at rabbitos.com.au slash podcast or via Twitter using at SSFC Rabbitos. Give us a review and a five-star rating if you can. Hit that subscribe button as well and listen to the other podcasts on the Rabbitos Podcast <laughs> Network. We've got our media conferences throughout the week, including Wayne's pregame press conference, which he always has fun with. We have the audio version of the Rabbitohs Insider. And, of course, Rabbitohs Radio with Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. And last week they had uh, one of your ex-teammates on, LO in David Cruikshank. And oh, yeah. I think he may have had a couple before he went on the show. There was oh, a lot good. of uh, beeps <laughs> throughout think, the edited version. I think he used to have a couple before he went on the field too, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> he told some good stories about oh. his time playing with Mavo and they were a little bit loose on and yeah. off the field. So uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun chat, let me put it yeah. that way. Uh, he's, he's, a great, he's a great guy. He, he was uh, he's a little fella too. He played way above his weight. He's a very good footballer. And uh, yes, you've probably heard one hundredth of the stories that he's got. <laughs> <laughs> they might have to do a whole episode on him, but maybe after a, a few less beers, it was his birthday, so uh, we could excuse oh, yeah. that. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting chat at times. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with more from the Rabbitohs Top Four Podcast, as powered by. Audio Technica, proudly presented by What If. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me this morning. And it was great to have Luke uh, on this morning. And we might be able to get him back on again another time to talk a bit more footy and go through a couple of the top four topics, I reckon. Yeah, he was great. And particularly NADOC week, very fitting that had a proud um, Aboriginal Indigenous man, Luke, and and definitely a proud um, Rabbitohs man, very passionate, always has been. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. As we said, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If is the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. And we, we will be back with you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast, powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash rabbitos to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code rabbitos15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the rabbitos.